You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Overreacting to the Lakers game here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine, and you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Most importantly, you can tell me your thoughts on the Lakers game by following at LockedOnPHXSuns and tweeting me there. Uh, but because it is a Monday, I am joined by Brandon. You know him as Zona. He is at AZ Sports Zone on Twitter. Brandon, I feel like Suns Twitter is melting down a little bit. And most Mondays I come to you and, and say, let's not overreact. Let's just sort of sweep this one under the rug and, and move on. But I actually do think there are some takeaways here, especially with playoff time not too far away. Uh, Sundays when we record, it's after a win. But every now and then we'll get that that loss sprinkled in where you know the sky is falling so it just seems like Suns Twitter just uh, likes to hit the panic button just because they're so used to it Um, I'm still not overly concerned I do think as you mentioned there are takeaways that can be applied um, when looking like towards the future but yeah I'm still definitely not overly concerned by any means we'll get to our thoughts on this game here to start things off guys we're also going to hit on just what we want to see out of the rest of the regular season. Next week, Brandon and I will probably talk plenty of playoff stuff and get you ready for whatever is to come there. But with a few regular season games, there is some time to sort some things out, maybe predict and project and, and pray for what we want playoff-wise. And then we got some other bigger picture mailbag questions from you folks as well. So thank you for those. Again, that is at Locked on PHX Suns to get in with that stuff. But um, yeah, when, when I think about this game, Brandon, I feel like on the one hand, the obvious is we knew this this matchup was a tough one for the Suns. Even with LeBron James out, it's, it's very rare in the NBA to find somebody who can really defend Anthony Davis. And so I don't feel terrible that a, a team we knew matched up well with the Suns went ahead and matched up well with the Suns. On the other hand, I think it's reasonable to look at, like I watched some of the Clippers-Lakers game on Thursday, and I watched most of the second half of the Blazers game that they played on Friday, and their offense was pretty anemic for a lot of that. So that's where my mind goes first here is it's pretty rough to give up 123 points to the roster that the Lakers had out there tonight, and it's a little bit, you know, a, a trend here defensively. They've allowed over 120 points now in six straight games and it was 118 against the Knicks eight games ago, and, like, you know, it, it's been a trend. So that is is a little bit concerning to me, and it goes right along with what I think we've all observed from DeAndre Ayton, which is just a, a lack of consistent energy. And, and no one would fault him for being ready to the playoffs. I think we all are, but uh, when he's not engaged, this, this defense just doesn't work. Yeah, it was a rough game for DeAndre, especially picking up those two fouls early on. Always takes you out of your rhythm, and then he just wasn't like really engaged the rest of the game. 
And it's hard to be whenever you're, you know, I think this is like, it sounds silly to say it, but it was a trap game with just no LeBron and a Lakers team that really wants to avoid the play-in game. So uh, and when Anthony Davis is clicking like that, no one can guard him. So um, this is kind of why, like, as bad as L.A. has been in recent weeks, you just want to avoid them. Um, so I think that Portland game coming up is huge um, for the Suns because if you win that and the Lakers uh, can take care of business, then you're setting yourself up to play Portland or the winner of Portland versus Golden State in that first play-in. Um, I, this game isn't the reason why I want to avoid the Lakers. Like, I, nothing was too uh, – I don't think we saw a lot of what's going to be happening in a playoff series anyways uh, in this game. But, yeah, sure. I just don't think uh, they're an ideal first-round matchup for anyone. No, and, and that's a definite – thing that needs to be said like there has been some talk of you know maybe let's play the Lakers early versus late not just among Suns fans but in the NBA you know there's this idea maybe it's better to catch them now and I think they showed tonight like you add even a 60% engaged LeBron as he's working his way back from injury to what they had out there tonight and I'm pretty scared of that team so I think that's uh, just a nice reminder that you surely want to play Portland or Memphis or even the Warriors before you want to mess with this team. So um, th- that's good to know. We had a question from uh, Andre Nobre about coming out flat early in general. Um, oh, no, this that was a, a Mike, but it goes hand in hand with Andre's question, which was, is Monty hiding some of what he would want to do in the playoffs, which you just sort of touched on a bit. And I think those are kind of the two sides of the coin here. Was this a game where the Suns didn't want to show their cards and it, it kind of just fell apart because of how hot AD got? Or do you buy into some of that coming out flat stuff, generally speaking, for this team? Is that something you're worried about heading into the postseason? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. It was, they were clearly running. Uh, it was not their normal offense. Like if you notice, it was a little clunky or out of rhythm. They definitely switched some some of their schemes up a little bit, and um, it, it, that type of adjustment is pretty common this late in the season. With when you're playing a team that you are potentially going to match up with in the playoffs, um, especially when you don't have anything really to play for at this point, which the Suns. You know, you could say fighting for the number one seed is important, but that's looking uh, less likely at this point. So um, yeah. I, I just think, uh, you know, the slow starts will happen in games that you're just not um, excited about, I would say, which is it's pretty common uh, this late in the season for teams that are cemented. So I'm not overly concerned. I don't think it's going to be something that carries over into the, the postseason as long as they can uh, snap out of it and not – make it a trend these next few games we had a question from at horns mcgorns 20 which is a great tag there um kind of going through some of what happened but specifically i think the question is to one thing on either end and i'll let you answer and then i have some thoughts as well here which is we saw the lakers put a lot of attention on booker that's been something they've done every time the Suns have played the lakers this season not just the Lakers, but they just have so much depth there and they can be so aggressive with AD at the rim. So that's part of what makes them tough. So he asked, how should we make offensive adjustments to get out of those situations and still get some good offense going? 
And then on the other side, you know, obviously, AD, you can't let him score 40 a night. So what did you see from that situation? And maybe what could we see the Suns do in the playoffs if they face him in the first round, second round, third round, where they could at least try to make life a little more difficult on Davis? So the Booker thing and the Davis thing, I'll let you take it however you want. I think one thing they could they might be saving this for the playoffs too. This is just speculation, but I think putting eight and on Davis could be something to just give him a different look. And obviously tonight the foul trouble kind of took him out of uh, being able to do that. And uh, DeAndre's probably he has the best shot at matching his his size and speed. Um, I would say so. You're you're not going to stop Davis, but you just want to slow him down, make him uncomfortable, and throw a bunch of different looks at him and. Um, I don't want to entirely uh, point towards them hiding everything, but I do think we're going to see a lot of different looks in the playoffs at trying to contain Davis. And this is a game without LeBron too, so that's just a whole other layer that um, gets even more complicated when you have to worry about him too. So it's not encouraging that you couldn't shut him down tonight, but it's also not the end of the world because I think you're going to see a lot different coverage on him in the playoff series. Yeah, I'm excited because I don't think we've seen the Bucks game where mm-hmm. Aiton defended Giannis a couple of weeks ago, and then this game. We didn't, we haven't seen, in my opinion, a game where Aiton has a matchup like that, and Crowder and Bridges are like full bore, hundred percent effort and help. And I just feel like those two guys can be so good in those situations that. You saw it a couple times, like there was that play late where Bridges had the block at the rim uh, when they were somewhat making a comeback. He he's had a lot of plays like that this season. We already know Crowder can can just you know get in guys' hands, force turnovers, draw charges, that type of stuff when he's helping at the rim as well. So I think there's a, another gear there if you do put Aiton kind of full-time on a player like like AD or Giannis or whoever it might be. Um, I also think the the full Chris Paul experience to flip things to the offensive side about what you can do if if the Lakers or any team really, really pony up and, and do everything to Booker. Like, we just haven't really seen the playoff level Chris Paul for an entire game and that's by design you know he has been playing that way for several seasons now where he takes it up a gear come postseason time and so when you have a a Chris Paul who is fully looking to score from moment one of the game I think things just look a lot different and so that's what I'm waiting for I'm not saying that solves everything on either end but I think that's some of the stuff when you just talk about what generally changes about the level of basketball we're going to see from the Suns and from every team in the playoffs is just imagine what you're doing now, but, you know, multiply it by three, you know what I mean? And the the stars really just get that much better. So this team's still a very bad matchup. Like, I don't want to gloss over that and say that this game is, you know, meaningless. I actually think the fact that it happened without LeBron should be extra scary, but... Um, I don't think that it, it, it either that it, we should just say, you know, the Lakers, it's not going to happen. Let's let's roll over if, if that series comes along. So um, we'll get into some more so- thoughts about this team in general and how they are faring, what we might want to see them tinker with or fix before the postseason. But first, let's take another quick break here. 
to hear about Indeed, the first sponsor of today's show. Indeed is a do-it-all platform for hiring. It's really um, as easy as one, two, three is what they say because it's just three steps. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. You get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. You only pay for the candidates that have your must-have qualifications, and then you schedule and do the video interviews straight from your Indeed dashboard as well. So Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. They have tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume matches that job description and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27% by getting the data in front of you so you know which candidates can actually do what you need them to do. You can choose from more than 130 of those skills tests, then had add your must-have requirements so that you, again, only pay for the applicants that meet what you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posting at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Back here with some thoughts here from Brandon and I about what we want to see the rest of the season. And I'm leaving this open-ended. Uh, we can kind of take it in whatever direction you want, Brandon. We, you know, Whether that's seeding, whether that's a matchup you really want to see as you're seeing the way other teams are coming together here, or a quality that this team is really lacking that you want to see them button up a little bit by the end of the year. What's on your mind? So the main thing entering the playoffs you want is for players to be on hot streaks. You want to be riding a high. So a uh, prime example tonight would be campaign, the game he had. That's a good sign. Um, I'm looking He's at Dario Sarge. Yeah, Payne, Payne's been awesome. He's going to have, I've said this before on here, that he's going to have like one of those Dragic-type breakout playoff games, and it's going to be glorious. Um, but yeah, just Dario Sarge is another name I'm, I'm going to be looking at closely these next four games. Um, if they can get him to kind of restore that confidence, that'd be huge for the bench. And uh, Cam Johnson, you know, coming back from injury, how his shot's looking specifically, that's that's also going to be pretty big because, you know, he, he has the ability to, uh, to swing a game in your favor if he's on um, from deep, which he's not been on for quite a while now. So, um, you know, these are kind of like just the smaller pieces of like the big, big picture that I'm looking at. Uh, just for the bench unit specifically, but um, for the most part, I think every all the questions have kind of been answered at this point in the season. It's just now, you know, getting healthy and hopefully riding a little bit of a high or at least getting some of your shooters hot before the playoffs so they enter in with some confidence. So you don't sound as worried about the defense as I think some Suns fans seem to be, uh, just in general. The fact that lately it, it hasn't been as crisp and they've just been allowing teams to really score the ball at a high level. I mean, even Cleveland, Atlanta, like these, you know, Oklahoma City had a really effective night offensively. So you don't seem as worried about that. Yeah, I will say I'm not going to blame, I'm not trying to blame everything on him. Uh, but ever since Frank Kaminsky's rejoined the rotation, it's not a coincidence that this has been happening. Um, so. And I also think with Crowder missing time and, and Cam now missing some time that it's just kind of been a little bit of, 
you know, musical chairs with the, the rotation. So now that they, uh, or once they get their playoff rotation set and, you know, hopefully Frank's not a part of it. Um, I, and I think just being engaged and locked in, that's how they beat people defensively. And we've seen less of that as the season's kind of worn on. And I think it's just honestly just boredom in a way. And then um, <laughs> yeah. also just being in the second of a back-to-back for a couple of those duds they had. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned um, at this stage, but you know, it's definitely something to monitor these next four games. Yeah, I have a couple things. So just to give the data to here, the Suns are 24th in defensive rating in the NBA over the past two weeks, according to Cleaning the Glass, averaging, uh, giving up 118.1 points per 100 possessions. So, you know, it's just two weeks. It's eight total games there. They are also six and two in that stretch. So it's not as if it's, uh, you know, sky is falling type of moment. And their offense has more than picked up the slack, but you know, it just illustrates that they've. It's not just kind of a little bit worse. It's okay. No, they've been pretty bad on defense a lot of these nights, and so I think you're right. That's where my head was as well. They just need to get this rotation together. That's what I want to see. You know, they have four more games here, and I don't know if it needs to be all of them. Maybe you just try to get everybody together. For that San Antonio back-to-back, I don't know how long. Maybe it's just one game to fine-tune everything, but it's been so long between um, Cam having COVID, Dario with with his um, injury and, and whatever's going on with him physically, and then Crowder missing so much time. It's been a long time since we just saw the you know eight or nine-man what the Suns are going to be at their best type of rotation. And so I just want to see mm. that, and I think we will see a couple classic Suns performances, what we know this team to look like if that happens. Um, yeah, so that Portland I, game, I think they need to treat that game like a playoff game. It's and their it's last, home. last home game, yeah, of yeah. the season. So that's perfect opportunity if, as long as Cam's healthy to kind of do it like a rehearsal, I would say, um, yeah. because they – they by all means should be trying to target Portland as one of their matchups. So we'll see. Exactly. And, and the other thing is like, I don't, you know, I, I'm not advocating that they try not to get the one seed, but if, if it's out of reach by, cause, cause guys just to, to give everybody a little bit here too. Um, Utah's schedule is pretty easy. They, they have actually the same next two opponents as the Suns with Golden State and Portland, but then it's Oklahoma City and Sacramento to close things off. So there is a potential that that last San Antonio game for the Suns could be an arrest opportunity. It's hard to tell. I'm not, you know, of course we all want to see them continue to win, but you want to you want to get best, that game honestly. out of the way sooner rather than than later. Um, my other one though was Devin Booker and. I'm not even saying this just to pile on because he went 5 of 14 against the Lakers here, but um, I think I'm just really starting to think about his season top to bottom. And, you know, I've been really complimentary of the adjustments he's been able to make. I I still feel that way. I think it's pretty impressive that he's been so effective despite playing, you know, getting his shots in different spots, having the ball in his hands less and all of that. But I think, you know, you, you at a certain point have to say, at least for my expectations of what he was going to be this season, I think it's been a little bit of a letdown. Like, I was going into this season really hyping Devin Booker up. I, you know, I thought he could average close to 30 points a game. I thought, 
you know, he could be a guy to get MVP votes this year, not to be anywhere near winning the award, but, you know, a couple kind of similar to what we're talking about with Chris Paul right now, where, you know, we get a little bored and then he gets some fourth place votes. Like I thought that could be where Devin Booker was. And, you know, he's pretty much down across the board, you know? And so I think that to me, if we could just see a couple big, Nights. That Portland game is a perfect one. He he really tends to play well against Portland because they don't have much wing defense. That's the same. That's true this year, just like it always has been. So, just one more to feel really good, and for him to get his rhythm. It's not about me watching it. It's like he 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 could use one of those really you know forty forty five point games to to get that rhythm in in check because he just had a rough go of it ever since that road trip. Honestly, he. He's been kind of up and down. So that's one that I, I really want to see before the season's over. Yeah, that's a good point. Because when he gets hot, he's like, he gets hot for a while. And it's like he scores in bunches. So, um, like I said, just that applies with what I was talking about with the bench to where you just want all the momentum to carry over. So, you know, having a strong shooting game where he's kind of struggled from three of late, that could be big for him. Um, he has done a good job of getting the line recently. That's kind of bailed him out a little bit in a sense because his shot's not been falling. But, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that's something to look at too. And it'd be nice to see one of those classic 40-point games against uh, the Blazers um, in, like what I said, should be a, a playoff rehearsal. And hopefully we see them uh, treat it like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the topic of the one seed, though, uh, we did get a question from our locked on chief here kind of rubbing things in about the one seed that is david Locke, the host of locked on jazz radio voice of the jazz so we'll actually uh look quickly at that situation just to get you guys up to speed if if you have not been paying attention although i'm sure most of you have but let's take a quick break first to hear from betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action Baseball, basketball, hockey, all in full swing. The WNBA starts on Friday, so there is action every single night in the sports world to get uh, make a lot of money on, frankly. Uh, I was going to say to keep track of the Triple Crown, although I feel like there's just mass chaos and, and horse racing all of a sudden, so maybe it's best to stay away from that. Whatever it is, though, Bet Online has you covered. News, sign-up bonuses, contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. This is your chance to get in on the action as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Brandon, I've been plugging this bet online uh, line here. Kyler Murray plus 1,400 for MVP. How do you feel? Hmm. He's it like uh, sixth or seventh. I can see it as a value play. Yeah, you know, as a value play. Third, especially like third year is usually when a lot of players will take that, that leap. So. I'm not you know. saying he's going to win it, but like you look at these odds and like Tom Brady's ahead of him and you just feel like maybe I should put some money down. Tom Brady's not winning the MVP next year. So yeah, especially because uh, the Cardinals didn't make the, the playoffs last year. So, you know, you could see the narrative. Right? Yeah. Yeah. OK, I, I, I'm glad it's not just me. I, I think it's a good one. Go, go check it out, guys. Uh, NFL stuff is already up there. Awards, rookie of the year, uh, playoff odds, which team's going to win each division. Of course, Bet Online has you covered for all of it. The NFL is Come on. It's it's the most fun to bet on. So head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, that's the promo code Locked On at your first deposit to get that 50% welcome bonus straight into your account. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. Just placed an order to replenish my own stock here. Double chocolate was my selection this time. Just mixing it up. I like them all. I really do. Peanut butter brownie, mint brownie. Uh, cherry is pretty good. The fruity ones tend to be a nice little balance because most protein bars don't even try to mess with those types of flavors. And so Built Bars, all of them are good. I just went with the double chocolate. It's a little It's a little more... Uh, it's honestly just, it's it's less sweet. You would think it'd be more sweet from the double chocolate, but it's one of the least sweet flavors. It's, it just it just felt like, it just felt right this time. Um, but get yours today, guys. They have combo packs where you can mix and match. They have uh, jumbo packs of, of one flavor. Whatever you want, try the double chocolate if you haven't before. Or, you know, get your fruit. Get your cherry, your raspberry, whatever you are in the mood for. And while supplies last, guys, they do offer a free cooler with every purchase to keep them cold. If you're taking it out for a hike, for a run, for a walk, uh, you don't want them melting on you. They are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew, so uh, perfect for eating, but not perfect for the Arizona sun. So that's a, a nice promo for our Valley listeners as well. But guys, check it out by going to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code lock 15 Make your purchase, try these out, and you'll get 15% off that first order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, we're going to get some bigger picture mailbag questions because you guys did send quite a few. Appreciate that. Again, that is at LockedOnPHXSuns, at LockedOnPHXSuns. And uh, yeah, let's circle back here, Brandon, to David Locke's question. How are we feeling about the one seed? I think the answer, for me at least, is not good. It feels like Utah has this thing locked up. Yeah, two-game lead with four games left. I mean, it's it's going to be pretty tough. They do have the tiebreaker, but it's hard to see that happening unless, you know, it's pretty much going to take the Suns finishing 4-0 and Utah dropping a couple games. So, And like you mentioned, their schedule is pretty easy. And, yeah, it could be wrapped up. Uh, but I hope it's wrapped up before the San Antonio game, honestly, just – because I don't want them to be treating those games like uh, going all out in a back-to-back right before the playoffs. You want to be uh, well-rested, so it could be for the best. And, you know, there's still no guarantees. Even if the Lakers are in the play-in game, you know, who's to say Steph doesn't drop 50 and they lose that first game and have to win the second game, and then all of a sudden you're looking at the one seed playing the Lakers in the play-in, assuming they win the second game. So um, there's still a lot of factors that are outside of, um, those first two seeds control, but it's going to be really the real interesting race is just going to be keeping an eye on you know Portland and LA as the season wraps up. Yeah, this is an interesting question um, from Ray Mariscal at Ray Mariscal twenty six. He said, "What team?" He's well. He I think he's actually being sarcastic, but it made me think about it a little bit. Um, what team wants to play the Lakers in the first round? Uh, who do you actually think does match up well with the Lakers in the West? Um, I feel like it might just be the Clippers. The, yeah, the Clippers are probably the only team that does, and I don't think they'd even want to either. So um, then again, you know, like what you mentioned earlier, just about catching them early with these, all these injuries kind of stacked up, it does make a little bit of sense logically, but that's based off of, you banking on, you know, LeBron still not being 100%, which we don't really know uh, what what his health status is going to be. So um, I think all teams should just try to avoid that, and I think you're going to see teams try to, but there's a lot 
that teams are not going to be able to control. So um, they may they may not have a choice, frankly, if uh, the Lakers really turn it up a notch and do their best to avoid the playing game. So we'll see. Yeah, the Clippers. It, it's really just to me. It's the number of different options you at least have on LeBron and AD, and the fact that they can have for LeBron, Kawhi, PG, um, predominantly. And then for Anthony Davis, they actually have Marcus Morris and Serge Ibaka. I feel like Ibaka is a pretty nice weapon there. I mean, similar to what we were talking about with Aiton, just like a long mobile guy who can at least kind of make things difficult. But yeah, I mean, we should not underestimate that Lakers team regardless. Uh, This one is a, a little bit along the lines of what I was talking about with Booker, but it comes from um, at Sundarus Dunks, who tends to ask questions a lot, and I always forget to get to him. So let's get in. Let's get this one. Um, what's he said? What's wrong with Booker, and what's the best way to get more touches for DeAndre Ayton? Um, we talked about some of that. We've talked about the DA thing throughout the season, but what that question makes me think about is who do you think? is going to be or needs to be the Suns' like consistent third scorer in the playoffs. Because at different points this year, it's been different guys, and right now I don't know if any of them are really standing out. It was Sharich at points, even Cam Johnson at times, DeAndre Ayton. Um, what do you think? Who, who, who should we expect that third scorer to be? Does it need to be Ayton in your mind? Mm, ideally... It would be great if it was Aiton, but I think we've seen, even in games he's not scoring a ton, like, it, it doesn't really matter as long as he's playing his, like, stellar defense. They can pull out those wins. So for him, I'm more looking at what he does defensively and offensively, whatever you get is just a bonus this season whenever he's playing like that defensively. Um, but for me, I think it's Mikel Bridges. is Whenever he goes, the team goes. So if you get him, like, shooting threes, um, you know, making smart cuts off the ball and showing us the, you know, the pull-up game that he's added, just those little things, I think that really just adds another, you know, perimeter option that makes them really tough to guard, and it makes it a lot more difficult for you to just double-team Booker. Um, and, you know, obviously Aiden does need to be involved in the offense uh, more in those situations, I think, just being that lob threat that can bail them out whenever those uh, quote-unquote junk defenses are thrown at Booker or Paul. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think just it doesn't have to be DeAndre every night. It doesn't have to be Mikel every night, but it has to be at least one of those two, um, you know, being that consistent third option. Yeah, my, I think you're completely right. I mean, my answer was going to be Mikael Bridges. I think that's been who we've seen take that role lately. And it, I, I'm just imagining the playoffs and – as much as I believed it would be Dario earlier in the season, it's it's obvious that's not him right now. Aiton, uh, just not being able to create your own shot to me is what holds you back. And a guy that needs to be set up and fed and all those words that we all talk about, I think you're already answering your own question if you're asking, can the Suns feed DeAndre Aiton enough? You, don't need, you shouldn't need to feed somebody who's going to be a reliable scorer for you come postseason time when, you know, defenses are keyed in, you just need a basket. You you don't want somebody who needs to be fed. You want somebody who can create. So thinking about that, the perimeter orientation of the playoffs, I just feel like it's begging for a bigger role for Mikhail Bridges, more of what we saw at Villanova, more handling the offense, 
and all of that. And we've yeah. seen it. I don't know if he's going to score 20 a night or anything, but I do think he can step in and, and do more of that come playoff time. I have one more question for you, though, from myself before we close things out. Get everybody ready for this week's games. Should the Suns intentionally lose to the Trailblazers so that the Lakers can surpass them and the Suns can avoid playing the Lakers in the in the first round. Is this is that is that too much messing with with fate or does it have some some reasonable parts to it? I I don't think they should rule it out completely. Should the the Suns drop that game? Yeah, I'm saying let Portland win. Um and I don't know. They would. They would want Portland to lose. Yeah. What yeah, am yeah, I saying? You'd want, you'd want Portland to lose that one. See, I'm staring so, uh, at things too much. Them. I'm. I'm. I'm convincing <laughs> myself of, of the wrong direction. I was yeah. thinking the of the playing game. Kind of throws the whole playoff picture out of order. It's a huge mess right now. I was thinking of tonight's game and uh, the Lakers winning that. That we had a question from somebody about uh, does this game does losing this game actually help the Suns? And I was. Uh, I was in that mindset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so well, I agree I do, with you. Though. I, that I that, that dress rehearsal that. point from you is is right. They they need to treat that game as a big one. Yeah, for sure. And to add on to what you just said about this Lakers loss, like in in a way, like if they do end up passing the Blazers, then it's a blessing in disguise. Honestly, so that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Like I'm not. Um, there's a lot of jokes on Twitter early in the game, just like they're just tanking this game, just you know, trying to avoid the Lakers in the first round. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you should ever try to lose a game intentionally, but, you know, if it happens, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, there, there will be a lot of clarity by the time we next talk, and I think that will um, be a lot, a lot easier. This West thing got so jumbled. I really wasn't expecting it to be this chaotic because of the play-in, but not only does it, make more teams in the running and kind of keep teams alive for longer. But I also feel like it, uh, by doing that, you have more kind of a mess in the middle because everybody's still trying to win. Whereas, you know, there are times where the top two seeds will just run away with it or, you know, you'll have an, an eighth seed who barely gets in. Whereas I feel like everybody's been kind of trying to win most of the year and we just have all these teams in the, in the middle, but uh, it should be fun. I, I think either way, I'm going to enjoy watching the play-in, and I'm kind of at, at the same point you are, which is like let the let things fall how they may, and we'll see what happens for the Suns. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for the play-in game, and I know if the Suns were like the seven seed, I'd probably be complaining about it just like every other team has. But um, once the games actually happen, it's going to be a blast, and I think it's going to be a permanent thing we're going to see oh, in the yeah. NBA especially just you know they're making money off it and you're potentially getting LeBron versus Steph in the first game like come on um and it just gets more fan engagement as far as just you're including you know four more teams in the NBA that have a chance in the playoffs so there's just more interest less tanking and um I think it's going to be something we see for a long time I do still believe that the uh, top two seeds or I mean, you might as well even expand it to just the top three teams should get to pick their first-round matchup, and you should put it on TV and just make it a whole thing because that would be glorious. And it's probably never going to happen, but I think with the, this play-in wrinkle, it's something that they should 
consider. <laughs> this year would just be very cruel to the Spurs because they would be <laughs> easily the top pick for whoever was selecting their opponent. Um, I feel like you're disrespecting Keldon Johnson by not including his name in the highlight <laughs> matchups that you listed there. You said LeBron, Steph. I didn't hear you say Keldon Johnson. I feel like that's very uh, rude. And- and Grayson Allen, how could I forget? Yeah, Grayson Allen, uh, the, <laughs> just a murderer's row of middle, middle of the country teams there. Uh, but yeah, it should be fun. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week, guys. Get you ready for the playoffs. I will be back tomorrow. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I, you guys have so many good questions. I might just do another full mailbag on my own. We'll have to see what I uh, cook up. But uh, thanks for listening and. Definitely tune in Tuesday, tune in Thursday, and I will have game recaps for you then. Uh, Until then, guys, enjoy your Monday, enjoy your start to the week, and I will talk to you soon.